Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceits, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Everybody needs a purpose and that's why we're spending uh, 40 days uh, looking at God's purpose for your life and for my life. We began by asking, uh, just to remind you, I think you know this now, seven Sunday messages, six small groups, 40 daily readings and six memory verses. Don't forget the memory verses and don't forget to pick your tags up to help you to remember the memory verses. Uh, We began with that basic question, you know. Why am I alive? What on earth am I here for? And that's what we're exploring during these 40 days. And uh, we said that our first purpose in life is to know and love God. And that's what we call worship. And then last week we were looking at our second purpose in life. That we were formed to be part of God's family. And that's what we're calling fellowship. And today we're looking at the third purpose that God has put you on this planet for. And uh, we find it in Romans 8 uh, and verse 29. But just to say that uh, we are at the halfway stage. And it's not too late to get on board. Uh, this is day 22 of, uh, of 40 days. It's week 4 and day 22 of 40 days. Uh, so we're at, we're at that halfway stage. And... Uh, we're halfway there, but we've still got halfway to go. Uh, so just to encourage you uh, to continue in the journey and to join us if you haven't already done so. And uh, speak to me or Peter or any of the other leaders and we can fill you in. So then, our third purpose in life, uh, we find it in Romans 8:29. From the very beginning God decided that those who came to him and he knew who that would be should become like his son. This is the third purpose. That God wants to make you like his son Jesus Christ. This was his plan from the very beginning. Now let me be clear about this. Uh, He's not saying that you're going to become uh, a God In the same way that Jesus Christ was. You will never be a God. But he does want you to become godly in your character. God wants to make you like himself. And that's God's third purpose for your life. 
Look at this next verse. God wants us to grow up like Christ in everything. You know, babies are cute, aren't they? Uh, we all, uh, you know, when we see a baby, we all go, oh, isn't that nice? And uh, some of you like to, to cuddle a baby and ooh and goo. But there will be a problem uh, if a baby remained a baby. It wouldn't be right. We would be alarmed. We would be concerned. We would want to do something about it. And uh, part of the purpose in our lives is that we grow up. One of the problems is that some of us grow older, uh, but we don't actually grow up. We, uh, we remain childlike in many ways. And the third purpose in our life is to become like Christ. And this doesn't happen overnight. You know, when I became a Christian, I didn't uh, suddenly change into a wonderful, beautiful, Christ-like person. That process is ongoing. Uh, I'm not the complete picture. Hopefully I am becoming more Christ-like on a day-to-day basis, on a week-to-week basis, on a year-to-year basis. But it is a process that takes a lifetime. And we're going to look at how God does that. How God helps us to grow up in Christ. How does God make us like Jesus Christ? Well, of course, he uses the Bible to teach us. And uh, one of the reasons uh, we're looking at at, uh, these 40 days is to encourage people to get into Bible study. And that's why we're we're pushing the small groups so people uh, get together and study and read the Bible together. And so God uses the Bible. Uh, He uses other people. That's why we spent all last week thinking about the fact that we're part of God's family. God uses other people uh, to shape us and to help us to grow to be more like Christ. Um, But God uses more than just um, the Bible and other people. Look at this next verse. Oh sorry, my third purpose in life is to become like Christ. Did you get that? And we call that discipleship. Our third purpose in life is to become like Christ. And that is what discipleship is all about. So then, let's look at this verse. In most things, God works for... Oh, hang on a second, I got that wrong, didn't I? Sorry, it doesn't say in most things. Uh, In nearly all things, God... I didn't get that quite right, did I? It actually says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. In all things. And you say, well, does that really mean all things? And I say, yes. And you say to me, well, does that mean bad things? Does that mean not very nice things? Does that mean painful things? Yes, it does. God... In all things works for good of those who love him. Does that include mistakes? Yes, it does. Does that include sin? Yes, it does. In all things, God can take anything and everything and use it for his good. And today we're going to be looking at some very unexpected tools and we're going to see them in the life of Jesus Christ. We're going to see that Jesus had trouble in the garden, he had temptation in the desert and he had trespasses on the cross. And if we're going to grow to be like Jesus Christ, 
then it may be that we have to experience some of the same things that Jesus experienced. And so what are these things? Well, number one, if you're following on your sheet, is this. God uses trouble to teach us to trust him. God uses trouble to teach us to trust him. Now in the Bible, the word trouble is sometimes uh, referred to as trials. And these are situations that have the potential to draw us closer to God. You see, when life is going smoothly, when everything is going just as we want it to go, uh, it isn't very difficult to trust and believe in God. But when troubles come along, then we have a choice of whether we are still going to be able to trust in God. Look at this verse in Romans uh, chapter 5. Trouble produces patience and patience produces character and character produces hope. You see, God is far more interested in your life, in what you are, in who you are, than what you do. God is always more interested in your character. Who are you becoming in Jesus Christ than your career? It's not that he's not interested in your career. It's just that he's more interested in forming and shaping your character. Because it's our character that we will take with us. There will no, be no need for doctors or carpenters or bus drivers or bin men in heaven. We will leave all that behind. But we will be taking our character with us. And God wants us to become like his son, Jesus Christ. And we need to learn quite a difficult lesson if we're going to make sense of all. And, uh, and for everything to go well. And if we don't get this, we will always struggle with life and with God. Because God wants us to become like his son, Jesus. We're going to experience all kinds of problems and difficulties in this life on earth. Troubles, trials, all sorts of things. And we'll say, why is this happening to me, Lord? And it's as if we think that our... That our Life on earth is supposed to be comfortable and easy and straightforward. But the goal of life is not comfort. This is not heaven. One day we're going to go to a place where there'll be no problems, where there'll be no trials, where there'll be no pain. And that will be great. It will be fantastic. But right now we're here on earth. And there's a load of problems, there's a load of troubles. We don't have to look too far to know that that's true. We don't experience the fullness of heaven on earth. We get glimpses, and that's wonderful. But this is the place where our characters are developed. You might like to write this down. It's not on your, on your thing. Every problem has a purpose in Jesus Christ. Every problem have a pur- has a purpose. You know, Jesus went through troubles and trials in his life. Uh, one of the greatest was the night before he was crucified, because he knew what he was going to have to face. He knew what was coming. And uh, it says that they came to a garden called Gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Notice even Jesus, when he faced troubles and trials, needed people around him. He wanted his friends around him. He didn't go it alone. He didn't try to attempt to face every trial on his own. He said, sit here while I pray. Distress and anguish came over him and he said, the sorrow in my heart is so great that it almost crushes me. 
I don't know about you, but I'm kind of, <clears throat> I find an encouragement in the fact that Jesus was struggling. Because if Jesus struggled with troubles and trials, then we shouldn't be surprised when we do. Sometimes we have this picture of Jesus sometimes who just floats around the earth and isn't really troubled by anything and he's just able to do whatever he wants. And here we see him in the Garden of Gethsemane really struggling and really battling. And how does he respond? Well, look, he says this. He says, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will, not mine. Now listen, if we're going to become like Jesus, this is the first lesson we're going to have to learn. When you go through trouble, you know, it's okay to say, God, take this away. Please take this away from me. It's okay to to feel that anguish and pain and to say to God, what's going on here? I don't like this. That is okay. It's okay. But remember, the most important part, it's God's will that matters and not our comfort. Now here's the first point. If you're going to become like Jesus Christ, you've got to learn to trust God completely in every situation. You know, one of the problems, one of the mistakes that we make in church is that we think people have got to become like us. We forget, we put ourselves actually in the place of Jesus and we say, you know, um, become like me, worship like me because the way I worship is the right way. Read the Bible like I read the Bible, read the translation that I read, interpret the Bible in the way that I interpret the Bible, dress like me. That's what, that's what we do in church. And we actually put our place, we actually make that mistake of thinking that we've got it sussed. Uh, you know, we don't want the church to be full of Richard Booths. One Richard Booth is enough for any church. More than enough, some of you might think. Um, we don't want a church full of Richard Booths. We don't want a church full of Rick Warrens. God has created us, and he has created us all differently. And he's given us gifts and talents, and he's made us different. We've all got different attributes. But he does want each one of us to become more like his son, Jesus. That's our goal. That's our model. That's our hero. I don't know about you, when I was young I had heroes. I had people that I wanted to become like. I used to go out in my back garden and play football and I wanted to be George Best. Later on I got into karate and uh, I wanted to be Bruce Lee. You know, we all have heroes and uh, maybe some of us still do have heroes. We need to make Jesus our hero. We need to make Jesus the person that we want to become like. And this is our third purpose. So God uses trouble to teach us. Let me give you a couple of things that may help you. Uh, One of the things is to keep a spiritual journey. To write things down. And especially when you're going through difficult times. One of the advantages of writing things down is uh, that you can look back and see how you've developed, how you've grown, how you've coped. Uh, You can write down about how you feel in these situations. Um, Just like Moses did. At the Lord's direction, Moses kept a written record of their progress. It's good to, to keep a journal, to write things down and to look back and say, yeah, I went through that situation and this is how I was feeling, but I've got through it at the other end. So it may help your progress. Number two, uh, remember the reward. Remember the reward. Remember the fact that uh, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that will far outweigh them all. 
Paul says, you know, whatever you're going through, it's not going to last forever. It might feel that way, it might seem like that, but it isn't. Our lighter momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Again, it's that eternal perspective that we have to try and get our mind around. So God will use trouble to teach us. The second is is even more surprising in many ways. The second thing that God will use is that God uses temptation to teach us to obey. Now let me say straight away, temptation does not come from God. God does not tempt us to do something wrong or something bad. Temptation comes from the devil and it is intended to harm us. It is not a good thing, but it is included in those all things that God can use for his good. Temptations are situations designed by the devil, intended to harm us and intended to draw us away from God. But God can actually use them to bring us closer to him. Jesus faced temptation. And believe me, if Jesus faced temptation, you and I are going to face temptation. And whenever we're faced with temptation, we're we're faced with a choice. A choice of whether we're going to choose to be like Jesus or not. Jesus never sinned, but he did face temptation. It says in Matthew 4, you know it well, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Remember, it's not a sin to be tempted. Jesus never sinned, yet he was tempted. And remember... Everyone is tempted in the same ways. You know, your temptation, you might be sat there thinking, well, I've got this temptation, I'm really bad. We're all tempted in exactly the same ways. Uh, nobody can think up a, a new temptation that somebody hasn't already been tempted with. Your temptation is just like everybody else's. And here's another useful thing, you know, you will never grow uh, so old or so spiritual that you don't face temptation. It will not happen. And if you think it is, the only person you're kidding is yourself. Look how Jesus responded to temptation. He says, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. The scripture says, worship only the Lord God and obey only him. Notice Jesus quotes scripture when he's faced with temptation. That's one of the reasons why it's it's a good thing to do, to learn scripture. So when you're faced with a situation where you're tempted to do something that's not right, you've got a scripture verse that you can bring to your mind. Here's the point. Temptation always tests whether you love God more than whatever it is you're being tempted by. It's always a temptation to love something else more than God. Do I love money more than God? Do I love this person or this wrong relationship more than I love God? Do I love my reputation more than I love God? And whenever we face temptation, it's an opportunity for us actually to grow in Christ, to act like Jesus did. Two helps. When facing temptation, keep focused on good thoughts. Keep focused on good thoughts. Paul says, fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Fix your thoughts on what is true and good right. Temptation always starts with getting your attention. That's the idea. It's getting to focus on something that isn't right. And some of you think, well, I'm a multitask person. I can, I can think of two or three different things at the same time. If we focus on the temptation, 
we're on a slippery slope and we're going to lose. You cannot keep the thought of temptation uh, for too long. You cannot hold it in your mind. Don't resist it. Don't resist temptation. Just let it go. Don't try and battle it. Jesus says, get out of here. The temptation is to kind of linger with the thing and to think about it and let it uh, just get into your mind and into your thoughts and to be consciously thinking about whatever it is you're tempted about. And Jesus just says, let it go. You can't win a spiritual tug of war with the devil. You just have to say, get out of here. Second tip, and you might not like this because uh, it's about getting a spiritual partner. It's about actually telling somebody about the things that you struggle with. And we kind of think, oh, we don't really do that because we don't actually admit that we face temptations. But um, as the Bible says, you know, you're better off to have a friend than to be all alone. If you fall, your friend can help you up. Having a spiritual partner, somebody you can share, has to be somebody you trust. Somebody's not going to go and say, you won't believe what this person's been up to or what this person's doing. Somebody that you trust complicitly. Somebody that you know only has your best interests at heart. And somebody that you can share your deepest struggles with. It's a good thing to do because God wants to make you more like Jesus. And Jesus didn't try and go it alone. Even the Son of God surrounded himself with friends. Close friends. He got people alongside him. Even within the twelve, there were three or four uh, that he would call to, to go with him and to journey with him. God wants to make you like Jesus Christ. And that's the third purpose. So he'll use troubles. And yes, he will use temptations. The third thing is God uses trespasses to teach us to forgive. Now what in the world are trespasses? It's a very old fashioned word. Well, if trials are situations designed by God to draw us closer to him and temptations are situations designed by the devil to draw us away from him, then trespasses are situations designed by other people to hurt us. Yes, there are people that want to hurt you, if you didn't know that. There are people out there that want to hurt you. There may be even people in here that sometimes will hurt you. Many people, and uh, I would give testimony to this some of the most hurtful things that have been said to me have been said in a place of worship some of the most hurtful things that have been said to me have been said by christian brothers and sisters by people in the family and it hurts because we think that these people should know better because we think these people will should love us more and it hurts let me tell you this, and you might want to write down, you know, hurt people hurt others. Hurt people hurt others. And very often people hurt us because they are hurting. Because they've been hurt. And God will use situations to teach us the Christ-like attitude of forgiving. Forgiving is it the very nature of who God is. God forgives. And one of the, the hardest lessons that you and I have to learn is to forgive in the same way that Jesus forgave. Because Jesus was hurt. People hurt Jesus. People around Jesus, even the closest people to him, let him down and hurt him. And of course, when Jesus was on the cross, what did people do? 
People passing by shook their heads and hurled insults at Jesus and the elders made fun of him. Even the bandits who had been crucified with him insulted him in the same way. When Jesus was facing his most difficult trial on earth, there were people there adding insult to injury. Adding insult to injury. And that's very often the way when we're down, when we're at our lowest ebb, people come alongside and when what we need to hear is a really encouraging word to lift us up, we hear an insult or a criticism that absolutely floors us. But notice how Jesus responds. In this moment of anguish, he says this, Father, forgive these people because they don't know what they are doing. Forgive these people because they don't know what they're doing. If you're going to grow spiritually, if you're going to become like Jesus, then you have to learn this very difficult lesson that you have to forgive. I find it helpful to tell myself that I don't have a choice. If I want to be like Jesus, I do not have a choice. Whatever the insult is, however difficult it is, uh, human nature wants us to respond by getting even. And if we're going to be like Jesus, we have to let go of wanting revenge, of wanting to strike back, which is a natural reaction to criticism, to hurt, is to hit back. And if we're going to be like Jesus, then we have to learn that Jesus doesn't get even. He forgives. That's his very nature. It's at the core of who God is. And you have to learn that lesson. Paul says this, he says, oh sorry, remember, maybe this will help you, remember that however much you've been hurt, however much anyone's ever done to you, that God has already forgiven us, that God has forgiven us, that God has forgiven us. Forgive of us just as God forgave you because of Christ. When you've been hurt, Remember this as well. Remember that God is in control. It might not feel like it. It might not seem like it. Do you remember Joseph? The story of Joseph. He was uh, he was Jacob's favourite, and his brothers didn't like it, and they didn't like him, and uh, they sold him into slavery. And for years and years, Joseph's life was going down, 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 and yet he remained faithful. He didn't harbour a grudge. And what is it that's said at the end of Joseph's story? You meant to hurt me, but God turned your evil into good to save the lives of many people, which is being done. There are people out there that mean to hurt us, and we can even turn those situations into positive situations. You see, we go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. God's third purpose in, in your life is to make you like Jesus. That's what we want to become. We want people to, to say about us, isn't that a forgiving person? Isn't that a graceful person? Isn't that a generous person? We want to become more Christ-like. And of course, this is our memory verse for the week. Let's just say this together. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And I don't want you just to carry that tag around with you this week on your keyring. I want you to take that verse to heart. And in every situation you face this week, whether it's a trial, a trouble, a temptation, 
a hurt. Take that verse and say, my attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. And see if it doesn't transform that particular situation. Let's pray.